Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton as we uh, head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for the Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and it'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan. Take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. We welcome back to the show former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Started Octagon's player agency. Now with the NHL Network, one of the most plugged in men in the business stateside, Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. I asked our listeners, is Darnell Nurse a number one uh, defenseman? And uh, here's the response we got back. Uh, and we've had about uh, 200 in the last eight minutes since I asked the question. Anybody not believing Darnell is the number one D-man is likely cheering for the Flames or watching Golden Girls reruns. Uh, I, I have to admit, Golden Girls is not a show that I would watch in rerun. I don't know about you, but uh, that would not be at the top of the list. Uh, he's had a heck of a season, hasn't he? Uh, he's had an incredible season. He's done everything that you could have hoped to get out of them this year, it's, uh, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but the leaps and bounds that he's moved his game forward this year are enormous. And it's not untypical for a guy, you know, that is 20, you know, a little bit younger. Sometimes we see it. 26 isn't that old, but it's still surprising how much better he is this year versus his previous seasons with the Oilers. And, you know, we got yeah-but guys sitting there and saying, well, yeah, but he plays with McDavid, and McDavid's going to win the league MVP. So everybody who's on the ice benefits from playing McDavid. There, there's a couple guys there, like McDavid's playing a lot with Yesapoli-Arvey, and I think most of the listeners would agree they're liking what they're seeing out of Yesapoli-Arvey. McDavid isn't dragging Poli-Arvey along with him. Poli-Arvey's playing in straight lines. He's making stuff happen on his own. And defensively, I think Nurse has done that as well. You know, it's not like he's just passed it up the, you know, the middle of the ice on stretch passes to get his points. I mean, Darnell's got, you know, the NHL lead with 13 even strength goals. So is there a slight benefit to playing with McDavid? Yes, but sometimes you have to give the, the play. I mean, do we think of Victor Hedman say, yeah, but you know what? He gets to play on a team that's got, you know, three lines that can score and, you know, Last year he won the Norris Trophy because they had uh, what's his face on their team, right? They had oh, they had Kucherov and they had Stamkos and yeah, but you know what I mean. Like sometimes yeah, but guy kind of frustrates me a bit, Brian. Uh, and I can understand why. But if you watch Darnell's games, I mean he's creating a lot for himself. He's just using his legs so much better to get up in the play, and he's showing some finish. 
and I mean some real finish. He scored some beautiful goals that had nothing to do with Connor McDavid. I agree that, hey, the, the better players you play with in general, it's absolutely a benefit. But like you said, Victor Hedman is kind of the gold standard right now for the top defenseman in the NHL. He's big, he's rangy, he can defend. He's not super tough, but he's so big that there's a physicality to his game. Uh, Darnell Nurse is on that exact same track. You could say a lot of those same things about Darnell. The the reason that Hetty gets all the credit now is because they went out and won a Stanley Cup championship. And when Darnell does that, people will look at him in a different light. Oh, well, and it's interesting, Darnell does not play on the Oilers' first unit power play. So he's not adding. I mean, the Oilers have the third-ranked power play in the National Hockey League this year. He probably would have, I would figure, at least 10 or 12 more assists if that was the case. And we might be, he might be a stone-cold mortal lock if that was the case to be in the mix for the Norris Trophy. Because I think he's kind of, maybe not in the top three, I think he's sort of in the next tier. There is a guy in New York City that's having an unbelievable year but there's something, the, the numbers for me involving the Rangers are a little bit skewered. And I don't want to take away from what Adam Fox or Timmy Panarin have done because they're great players. But maybe just educate our listeners, Brian, on what you're seeing out of Fox this year of the Rangers. Uh, Adam Fox is another guy that's really stepped his game up, particularly for his age and how young he is in the game. Uh, to me, he's always been a good transition. D, the change for him is that he's got himself involved a lot more offensively he is getting power play time um he, he's just a guy that he, he's kind of come out of nowhere also he's not a super big player as everybody could tell if you've watched adam fox but he is a very cerebral player his passing ability is really elite his skating is elite uh he's been a really nice story but you know the way the rangers season has gone uh, some people have mentioned him for the norris you know, of course, he is leading all defensemen in points, and that's that's a big indicator for fans, at least. But um, I don't see a demonstrably huge difference uh, in value when I look at a guy like Adam Fox or Darnell Nurse. I actually think they're they're in that same range of guys that are charging up the board as up and coming elite defensemen in this league. Now, we talked about the fact that the numbers are skewered a bit. The three were the th- the three teams that have given up the most goals against and in fairness, these teams have all played either 49 or 50 games are all in that East Division. The Flyers, the Devils, and the Sabres. So the Rangers are sitting with a plus 35 goal differential, but they're unlikely to make the playoffs. They've only got six games left. They trail Boston by four points. Boston's got eight games left. I don't see the Rangers reeling in Boston or the Islanders. Um, do you think what New York, the Rangers have done, it, 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 do you think it's it's kind of tough to judge a little bit because they've absolutely laid waste to, I think they outscored the Flyers 17-3 to in two games. Like they've hammered the Flyers. The Devils have just gone right in the tank. Yeah, and then if you add in Buffalo, who had a historically poor run of 17 losses in a row, um, you know, there's been some feasting in that division. But the Rangers, to me, even though they're only four points behind the Bruins, they might as well be a country mile. I don't think they're any comparison team-wise right now. I think they've had some poor luck this year. Obviously, Zabinijad, he was... You know, one of those guys coming off of COVID that didn't yeah. perform well, and that really hurt his performance. 
Artemi Panarin, because of some political issues, was away from the team yeah. for nine games where they only went four and five, which isn't anywhere near good enough in that division if you want to be a playoff team this year. So they've had some big thing, bad things happen to them, but I also think some of them were going to happen regardless in terms of the young D that they did roll out this year and the time that it would take them to kind of get the wind in their sails. They have a very, very young D when you look at their team, and, and they're performing well now, but I think they needed the first uh, 25, 30 games to kind of round things out to figure out how they'd be able to play and who would do what. And it's been really good lately. I mean, I certainly uh, can't say anything about the run the Rangers have been on. They were they were under 500, well under 500 at one point, and uh, now they're well on their way to being, you know, a team that could finish as many as eight or nine games above 500. It's been a good turnaround, but uh, I'm going to have to see it next year to really believe in that team, to be honest with you. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, are they the biggest surprise in the National Hockey League this year for you? They are certainly the biggest surprise in the National Hockey League that hasn't gotten nearly as much due as they should. And I yep. think that's because Colorado and Vegas are so dominant in their division that that sucks all the oxygen out of the room. The Minnesota Wild, make no mistake, they've gone through some massive changes. Billy Guerin has done a very nice job there. He's been able to come in and do what I thought would be a challenging task, and he's handled it really smoothly, and that is reducing the minutes of some of the star players that they've had there and turning that team a little bit more over to the younger players who are absolutely – have grabbed the bull by the reins and are running with it. So I give them a lot of credit. Dean Everson's done a nice job. Their decor is outstanding. It doesn't get maybe as much as attention as some other decors because they don't necessarily have anybody that's a superstar player, but they've got four really good D. They're, they're a good team. They're having a great year, and their goaltending has been awesome. Yeah, there. I mean, I I would think Dean Evison would have to, and I'm one of the voters, uh, as are you, Brian, for the uh, uh, coach of the year. I, for me, he's got to be near the top of the list. I mean, they've done a pretty good job. It's it's always interesting, right? When you work for the Oilers Entertainment Group and you, you know, you're sitting there looking at Dave Tippett. Not everybody had the Oilers in the maybe the top three in the North Division. I did at the start of the year, but people say, well, it's because you work for the Oilers. Um, and I think Edmonton's after the three and six start. I don't think anybody saw the team going 25, 10, and two in their next 37 games, but that is what's occurred here. I, maybe the biggest surprise for me, Brian, is I take a look. Uh, the Oilers are now 12th in the league in goals against at 2.74, and they're sixth in the league in save percentage at 9.12. I don't think anybody saw that. I mean, put it this way, Brian, when the Oilers were nine and eight, 17 games in a year, they had an 895 save percentage. 912 save percentage. Six in the NHL going into tonight's game. Yeah, no, it's been really impressive. And we, we shouldn't be that shocked because if you go back through the history of teams that Dave Tippett's coached, they tend to fare very well in both those categories. That's partly the way he plays. It's probably partly the reason why Mike Smith had interest in Edmonton, had interest in coming back, and will probably come back next year if they want him to, which I couldn't imagine they wouldn't at this stage with the way he's played. I know he's 39 years old, but, you know, for goaltenders, we saw Hasek doing into his early 40s. 
Mike Smith is really a, a specimen of an athlete, takes great care of himself, looks really spry in the net still, so you never know. But that story has been great. Uh, Dave Tippett, Dean Everson, a couple of ex-teammates of mine with the Hartford Whalers. Dino, of course, I played with in San Jose as well. These guys are uh, really blue-collar, hardworking, honest, uh, no BS coaches. Uh, they have empathy for the players, which is something that was probably lacking or missing when certainly those guys played in the NHL, uh, when I played in the NHL with those players, with those coaches. So uh, it's great to see. It's great to see people that can recognize change and embrace it. Um, you don't always have to hold on to the past like it's the greatest thing in the world. So to be a coach in this league, you got to be able to evolve. And both those guys have proven that they can do that. Did you have uh, Larry Plow and Jack Evans? Is that who you had in Hartford? Jack was not there when I was there. I heard a lot of stories about him. Larry Plow was there. Uh, he actually coached us one of the years I was there. Okay. And, and Ricky Lee was a coach the following year. All right. I'm just going to throw some names out here, sir. Let's, so Ron Francis, GM obviously in Seattle. He took Dor McIver with him. Uh, those guys were on that team that, uh, with you when you were there. Dave Tippett, you mentioned him. Uh, Joel Quinville. Right, uh, right. Uh, longtime NHL assistant coach, Alf Samuelson, not one of my favorite players. It had nothing to do with Pierre Mondu, I swear. Uh, but anyhow, I, what Dean Evison obviously on that team with you as well. What you've been a general manager in the league. What was it about that environment that resulted in so many guys going into management and coaching? That was by far the most interesting team I ever played on. Ray Ferraro was also on that team, as was Brent Peterson and Randy Latticer and Don Maloney. So we could just keep on going, but uh, wow. everybody from that, every we, we just had, I, I enjoyed being on that team because there were so many diverse personalities and yet everybody got along pretty well. Dave Tippett and Mike Leute are the best of friends. And those two guys couldn't be any more opposite, but they both have one commonality, and that is that they respect other people's opinions. That is a trait that I believe that I have. At least I've had a lot of friends in this game that sometimes weren't always liked, sometimes weren't even friends, and they played on the same team. I was friends with Tom Curvers, who could be a pretty opinionated guy, and Jim Johnson, who was a pretty opinionated guy, and they weren't <laughs> friends in college. And they played together in college, and now they're very good friends, but I was kind of the commonality there because they both looked at me uh, one wow. day and said, why are you friends with him? So it's a neat story. Oh, I always get a chuckle out of the true openness and the willingness to listen to other people's opinions because right now in the woke society that we live in, we have a, a certain side of the ledger that think they're right on everything and don't even want to listen to maybe a center or center-right position. And then conversely, you have the... Oh, you know what I'm saying on this sort of stuff, because it does take people from all different places to sort of, uh, you know, get to a common ground at times. Hey, i got to ask you about a guy that was on that team that you played against for a number of years, an Edmonton area product that played for the Portland Winterhawks. The guy played forever in the NHL, 1,200 games. Is Dave Babbage one of the most underrated defensemen of that era? You know, I almost said Babs was on that team as well, just because he was such a unique player, character, personality another great guy i mean awesome guy and and 
totally underrated, much bigger man than people realize. I mean, we used to call him the big fat babber, and he wasn't fat, but he was just absolutely solid as a rock. Great guy, really, really great guy, one of my favorites on that team. Uh, he survived a tough rookie season with the Winnipeg Jets when he came out of the Portland Winterhawks, by the way, Brian. He went minus 62, I remember, in his first year in the National Hockey League. That would happen. <laughs> what what races, uh, Brian, what, 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 what are you keeping an eye on here in the final couple weeks of the regular season? What sort of storylines are you following? Well, I still have my neck out on the line on the Dallas Stars making the playoffs. It's going to be a photo finish for sure. They got two games in hand. They're two points behind Nashville, but Nashville keeps, you know, like like uh, you know, in the last few games, finding ways to beat teams that they probably shouldn't. So that one's going to come down to the wire. Dallas does look a lot better to me, even though they got dumped last night. Um, I'm still sticking with Dallas, but that's the race I'm really watching for the final playoff spot. The other one I'm really watching is in the East. And that one literally could still end up any which way you can imagine. Washington's in first, Boston's in fourth. Um, the Islanders are dropping a little bit lately here. Could could the Islanders drop to fourth and Boston end up in second or third? I still think that's possible. Pittsburgh could still pass Washington. That's certainly possible. So that's a fabulous one to watch. The North is kind of kind of settling in for me, that's for sure. Connor McDavid, does he get to 100 points? He's got 81 with 10 games left. I would say that the math is against him, but I would never bet against Connor. Yeah, it's incredible stuff. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, it was a TNT yesterday that uh, had a, uh, a graphic out with a photo of Alexander Ovechkin and an Oilers captain, and the Oilers captain was Andrew Ference and not Connor McDavid. So hopefully uh, the department there the, uh, that put that together uh, maybe gets an updated photo of an Oilers captain here at some point. But exciting times in the league nonetheless. As, as always, Brian, you like that, eh? You, you know I had to slide that one in there, right? I knew it was coming. There we go. Awesome stuff. Uh, We'll hook up next week. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. That's Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, For the Mattress Superstore, Brian Lawton, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He drafted... Uh, he did pretty well. He got Hedman and Stamkos in back-to-back years. Um, I guess it would be Stamkos and Hedman in uh, back-to-back years. Uh, as the general manager of Tampa Bay, ran Octagon's player agency. You heard him mention Mike Liute. Uh, that is the representation currently for Leon Dreisaitl. Octagon's also got Rick Vallette, who has uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So uh, well, that's his name's frequently mentioned on the show as well. We are going to step out. It's 12.52 in Edmonton. Give you an Oilers Now injury report for... James H. Brown when we return. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, I asked you earlier on the show, it's 1254 in Edmonton, by the way. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. And uh, I asked you earlier in the show about whether or not Darnell Nurse was the number one defenseman. Chuck says, yes, I believe that Nurse is a number one defenseman, and the scary thing is he could have been a flame. Thank goodness they chose Sean Monaghan. Chuck, i got to tell you something. Sean Monaghan just missed the cutoff uh, for the 2012 NHL draft. 
He might have been a higher pick in that draft. That was the year Yakupov went number one. He had a terrific season, the 11-12 season with the Ottawa 67s. He might have been a top three pick in that draft year instead of going six in 2013 uh, to the Calgary Flames. Monaghan is a seven-time 20-goal scorer. He's only got 10 goals this year. The Flames are in Edmonton tomorrow. Edmonton's at Winnipeg tonight. Uh and there was a thought process. You know, the Oilers had taken Yakupov in 2012. Do they go down the path and take another Russian, Valery Nachushkin, in uh, 2013 at number seven? And they passed on Nachushkin, a forward, and ended up taking up Darnell Nurse. And I know there's been a lot of criticism. Some of it's even been directed uh, by me, not necessarily for his body of work as a general manager, but uh, I know that some fans don't think Craig McTavish was a great GM. In the two years that he was the GM of the Oilers, Edmonton drafted Darnell Nurse and Leon Dreisaitl. And he would have seen those guys. The general manager is in on those top picks when those teams are in those sort of positions. Case in point, the U18 tournament is going on right now. And, you know, some of the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel in the standings, they've got their GMs. Uh, not with their NHL teams, but at that event. So keep that in mind. There you go. You text us at 780-496-0063. Haji says, Bob, the same pundits that argue that Darnell Nurse plays all the time with Connor, of course his numbers should be good, are the same pundits that assert Connor McDavid is only an offensive-minded player and is uh, ne- uh, negligent in the defensive zone. So it's possible that Nurse and McDavid have a symbiotic relationship, or is it more likely that Nurse is uh, a top 10 defenseman in the league playing with the best player in the world from Haji. Haji, uh, I, uh, I gotta tell you, I think there's a lot to that. I think you're on to something. John says, Bob, I thought Kurt Overhart was Leon Dreisaitl's agent. Did he change? Oh, I believe he's still with Octagon. I don't believe he's with Kurt Overhart. Uh, I, I believe, uh, He's with Mike Liute. And again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Okay, i I got to do this one final text here before we get to the injury report. I was at a Winnipeg uh, B, his Texas show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I was at a Winnipeg Jets practice in the early 1980s, and Dave Babich walked out of the room on the bench as the Zamboni was finishing up the ice and was taping his wrists. He looked like he had thighs coming out of his jersey instead of forearms. He then proceeded to snap three or four Sherwood 50-30 featherlight sticks right uh, where his down hand was holding the stick. Looked like he was shooting with broom handles. They were snapping so easily. I think I can remember Yari Curry saying he was the only defenseman in the league that he felt could grab him and throw him into the fifth row of the stands. Good north side boy went to East Glen High. That one comes to us from B. Well, yeah, I mean, he was he was a solid defenseman back in the, uh, back in the day. No question about it. As we head off to the Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to the 630 Chance Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Too dark era day-to-day right now, awaiting doctor's clearance still. Zach Cassian, of course, week-to-week on long-term injured reserve with a lower body issue. Nick Ehlers will not return to the regular season. Adam Lowry still day-to-day, not likely for tonight. And, of course, Nathan Bolio's season ending a few weeks ago. 
ago after shoulder surgery. Elsewhere, Alex Ovechkin's lower body injury forcing him out of consecutive games for the first time since 2014. He is day-to-day right now, and if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, I recommend the piece written by Mike Russo on Marco Rossi's battle with COVID, reportedly up near what he considered to be a near-death experience. Doctors telling him, Bob, that uh, the former first-round pick, I guess if he had played one more game for Austria at the World Juniors, that the outcome for him could have been very, very different. Yeah, no question. Scary stuff. By the way, Andy Scott uh, with Octagon, Mike Leute heading up Octagon. Scott is the actual point guy uh, for Dreisaitl at this time. So slight clarification there. Leute still is the main driver with Octagon. That was the role that Brian Lawton was in uh, before. Guests on our show receive guest certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltoff will take care of you at Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close, uh, 10. All right. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Love him or hate him, David Staples coming up next from the Cult of Hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.